Today's episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, welcome to Stuff to Blow Your Mind, listener mail. This is Robert Lamb. And this is Joe McCormick. And it's Monday, the day of the week that we read back some messages from the mailbag. Uh, oh, and hey, if you ever want to get in touch with the show and you've never done so before, you can do that by writing to contact at stufftoblowyourmind.com. Whatever email you want to send is fair game. Uh, of course, we're always open to uh, to feedback, uh, to corrections if necessary, to uh, just interesting things you want to share with us, or if you just want to say hi, that's always cool. Contact at stufftoblowyourmind.com. Rob, uh, if it's cool with you, I want to kick things off by reading this message from Josh about our episodes on fun. Go for it. All right, so we asked people from other language cultures to share equivalents of the English word fun and any differences in connotation and so forth. And we heard from Josh about a word from Dutch. Uh, so Josh says, hey, Joe, Rob, Seth, I'm an American living in the Netherlands, and I wanted to pitch in on the word fun. In Dutch, the word is liuk. It has a wonderfully difficult pronunciation for an English speaker, something like uh, the way he spells it is L-E-H-O-O-K. So 
I, I, Luke, that's what I'm trying. We'll, we'll see. Um, Josh says it is used frequently as what I would call a throwaway word, something you might use several times as an encouragement while being told a positive story like nice might be used in English. Oh, so somebody's saying, Hey, I did this cool thing or I'm, I'm, you know, I have plans to do this cool thing or whatever. And, and you, you sort of encourage the anecdote to continue by saying, nice, nice. At least that's how well, I interpret. Yeah, yeah, or or indeed, cool could be uh, used in the, in this instance as well. Yeah, Josh goes on. It is also used to describe something particularly colorful or with an interesting or new design. I find it indicative of my observation that Dutch people tend to be neophilic, finding new and different things fun and not threatening. Thanks for the Liuk podcast, Josh. Excellent. Yeah. Well, this is exactly the sort of thing we were asking for examples from, from other languages, uh, related to the, the linguistics of fun. All right. This next one comes to us from cat. It is a response to our episodes on incense. Uh, cat writes, I was taken aback when Rob mentioned it is more common for bad smell hallucinations from my own personal experience as well as experiences from a few of my family members, a good, sometimes floral smell is typical for us for the occasional smell hallucination. The floral smell usually does have a sort of associations with past loved ones, which in turn does have a spiritual or religious connotation. I have searched high and low for uh, a source during these hallucinations to see if there's a real-life cause with no luck, which strengthens the spiritual connection angle. So, Rob, I think you're right about that. I absolutely love the podcast. You guys are my all-time favorite and always look forward each week to learning uh, from any new topic you cover, however random it may seem. It always makes me think, and I appreciate how you look at it from every possible angle and with an open mind. All the best and keep it up, Cat. Oh, thanks, Cat. Now, I, I do want to say, yeah, first of all, yeah, thanks for writing in, but um, but I do want to say that I, I don't mean to imply that that positive aroma hallucinations are necessarily less common in general, just that I had seen or remembered fewer mentions of, of the phenomenon or, or at least, um, you know, recollections of it. Um, I, so, uh, so don't, don't take to that to the bank just yet. I did pick up my copy of Oliver Sacks's uh, hallucinations, which is a great book on this very topic. And he gets into, he does get into, into, uh, th- these sorts of hallucinations, smell hallucinations, um, olfactory hallucinations. And it looks like at least with cases of parasomnia and, uh, dysomnia, unpleasant odors are more common. But, uh, yeah, this is, I think, a topic we could potentially look into more in the future, uh, do a, give, a, give um, olfactory hallucinations a, a, a proper uh, episode. So, uh, at any rate, greatly appreciate the feedback and perspective on this topic. All right, this next message was in response to Rob's squid interview, uh, and this is from Ian. Ian says, Dear Rob and Joe, 
As seems to be my eternal condition, I'm several months behind on podcast episodes. I just finished the episode in which Rob interviews Martin Wallen about his recent book, Squid. I love the discussion revolving around squid intelligence and wanted to share a recommendation for some science fiction reading in the same vein. Children of Ruin by Adrian Tchaikovsky, the second book in the Children of Time series. I will try to keep this as spoiler-free as possible, but arguably even describing the premise is somewhat of a spoiler, so be warned. The book isn't technically about squid, but does heavily involve their quite intelligent cephalopod cousins, octopuses, slash octopi, slash octopodes, slash octo-whatevers. The basic premise involves far-future human space explorers who encounter a long-lost colony that has been taken over by accidentally uplifted octopodes. I'm going to use this version of the word because it's my favorite. Tchaikovsky clearly put great effort into trying to keep the octopusiness of their intelligence and not fall in the common sci-fi trope of having everything think basically like a human. It's a very interesting exploration of the concept of human-level intelligence and something that is probably as alien to us as it is possible to be without being literally extraterrestrial, and I recommend it to anyone who enjoys speculative fiction, which I imagine is a large proportion of your audience. Uh, I would also recommend the first book, which gives the series its name, Children of Time, and in fact, you would uh, likely be quite lost in Children of Ruin if you did not read Children of Time first. Uh, but it explores similar ideas, though in its case there are no mollusks in sight. As always, thank you for your wonderful content. Cheers, Ian. Ah, uh, yeah, back to an old favorite speculative topic of ours, the the supposed minds of uh, uh, cephalopods. Uh, I have not read the books you're talking about, Ian, but there is a great nonfiction book I've uh, recommended on the podcast before by Cy Montgomery, called The Soul of an Octopus, which uh, I really liked because it just has some wonderful, very surprisingly emotional observations about octopus minds, about the kind of baffling otherness of octopus intelligence, but also some moving thoughts about octopus emotions and, and connection to uh, to human handlers. And uh, continuing on the subject, I, I think we may have talked about this on the show before, so I apologize to the extent that I'm repeating myself, but uh, to whatever extent I haven't, I, I have done the intelligent octopus thought experiment before, you know, meaning like if an octopus were to possess a capacity for language and human level technology, that sort of thing. And I recall thinking that a major ecological influence on the nature of that intelligence would be the comparatively solitary uh, intelligence of the octopus contrasted with the deeply social intelligence of the human. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very much of the opinion that one of the most profound influences on the character of human intelligence and human thought is the fact that we evolved to live in groups and to survive by working together. And so the human brain is formed for maintaining and manipulating social relationships. Uh, and this fact colors basically every aspect of our intelligence. I'd argue that even when we're alone, even in the case of people who like spending a lot of time alone, our thoughts are very social in character. So how would an octopus be different? Like, I wonder if, the human brain's obsession with a sense of belonging would be replaced with a need for something else in the case of an intelligent octopus. It may be something like, say, like a sense of shelteredness or hiddenness or something. Hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's such a, 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 a fascinating thing to try and comprehend. Um, I was just looking here at uh, Adrian Tchaikovsky's um, uh, uh, 
various writings. Uh, this is not an author I've read before, but I knew the name. Uh, I knew I'd heard the name before. I was trying to figure out what it was, and I have found it. Uh, so he's, he's seems fairly prolific. Has written a number of different science fiction and fantasy books, many of which seem to have some sort of an animal theme in there. I believe there's one that involves a genetically um, augmented dog. Uh, but uh, where I had heard of him is that he has written one Warhammer 40,000 novel, uh, ah. Day of Ascension, which has to do with the gene stealer hybrids, which uh, this, is, this, is a, uh, this is a fascinating faction uh, in the Warhammer 40,000 universe. These are like, there's, they're the, the Tyranids, this threat from another galaxy uh, that is uh, entering into our galaxy, and they're, you know, just a big biomass that wants to consume everything, but they kind of seed worlds ahead of time with these gene-stealer cults, uh, with these, uh, these partially mutated factions that are uh, sort of vying to, um, to control the population and destabilize things ahead of the arrival. Uh, so anyway, uh, fascinating faction, and uh, I'd heard good things about that book when it was coming out, but I wasn't familiar with the author here, so sounds sounds like something I might want to check out. Yeah, either way, thank, thank you, Ian. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. Rob, as the uh, the local host with allergies here, they sent you some of their nasal spray to treat your allergies. What was your experience like? Yeah, that's right. I always wrestle with the pollen a bit when it rolls in during the spring. So they sent me the little uh, nasal spray. I tried out the product and yeah, it sure did help me get on top of my symptoms for the day. And it's so fast acting, uh, it was already kicking in before I left the house. Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription-strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can get Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Today's episode is brought to you by eBay. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then, through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles in a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Today's episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. 
Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI in revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Visible. If you haven't heard of Visible, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon, just $25 a month, every month, taxes and fees included. Having a one-line plan means you only need you to save. No estranged roommates, exes, cousins twice removed, or AI-powered humanoid robots needed. And because $25 a month really means $25 a month, you can call, text, stream, whatever, as much as you want without worrying about getting dinged at the end of the month. No hidden fees, no surprises. No, really. It's like the old saying goes, you can't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. So spread the word. Tell all your friends there's a wireless company out there with transparency in their name, and they're called Visible. Start saving on wireless today at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. All right, let's get into a little Weird House Cinema listener mail. This one comes to us from Bruce. Bruce says, hello, Robert, Joe, and Seth. Some of the recent Weird Houses have been right in my wheelhouse. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's, that's suddenly a mouthful. Uh, the Weird House wheelhouse. That'll be our She our sells seashells down yeah. by the wheelhouse. <laughs> anyway, Bruce says, I had a job in a movie theater to help pay for college during the 80s. It was a great job at the time for a student. Once the movies were playing and the lobby had been cleaned up, there was plenty of time to study. The theater I was a manager at played both Kroll and The Last Starfighter. My memory of Kroll that makes it distinct was when people would call to ask what we were showing. This was before the days of movie phone and other automated services. So typically, the cashier or one of the ushers would answer the phone. When they'd say, crawl, they invariably had to repeat themselves as the person on the other end of the line would misinterpret the title as our employee clearing their throat or some other vocalization unrelated to a word. Yes, that's so good. It's it's not like... Uh, the movie was called The Adventures of Crawl or like The Tyranny of Crawl. It's just Crawl that, that clearly it's almost it seems perverse. It was like it was in, intended to cause problems. Yeah. Crawl, crawl, crawl. It does. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like there's some sort of an issue going on. Um, 
They continue, Last Starfighter was one of my favorites to show at the time. Yes, the computer graphics were not quite up to resembling anything close to realistic even at the time, but they were still impressive as being a relatively new application of this type of special effects technique. They seemed to add to the lighthearted overall tone of the film. One scene I always enjoy recalling when describing the movie to neophytes that I was looking forward to hearing your take on was uh, the, the, the scene in which Grig and Alex are hiding in an asteroid cave. And then uh, Bruce here includes uh, some uh, dialogue. Uh, we, should we read this uh, in character, Joe? Do you want to okay, be Alex who, or Who's Grig? who? Who's Alex and who's Grig? I don't know. Do you feel like you have a Grig voice in you? I, I can be Grig. Ah. All right. All right. I'll be Alex. Uh, this reminds you of home? Ah, yes. I live below ground with my wifeoid and 6,000 little Griglings, at least until Zur turns them into slaves. Where does your kind live? In houses, mostly. That's caves above ground. I live in a mobile home. What is that? It's like a cave that goes places, only we never went anywhere. A mobile cave that never went anywhere. Fascinating. Uh, Bruce finishes. How's up my Grig? Come on, I thought rate it was pretty me. good. It was, it was a good Grig. It was a good Grig. Solid uh, Dan O'Hurley uh, vibes there. Uh, anyway, Bruce uh, uh, finishes out by saying, "Never fails to elicit a smile whenever I recall it." Thanks for the fun podcast. Now, Joe, this is also the scene, isn't it, where Grig is showing family photos of yes, of, yes, yes of the children and the, the wifeoid. Yes, he's got like a, a Grig little wallet full of pictures and. Uh, <laughs> How do, wait, what form do the pictures take? Does he literally have a printout? I don't recall. I don't recall. I just remember them f- splashing on the screen there. So Grig has 6,000 children. That's That sounds stressful. It was probably also pretty hands-free. It's pretty hands-off when it comes to parenting, I'm guessing. Yeah. Okay, we also got another message uh, about The Last Starfighter. This one from Brad. Brad says, Hello, gentlemen. What a treat this episode was for me. I'm a huge fan of your various shows, Weird House Cinema included. However, I'm ashamed to admit I've only seen a few of the movies you've covered. It's nothing to be ashamed about, Brad. Uh, Brad says, I'm a huge movie fan, but unfortunately never had anyone introduce me to the weirder side of cinema. You guys do such a great job of covering the films. It has prompted me to check out a couple of the ones I was previously unaware of. The Last Starfighter, on the other hand, was one of my favorite movies as a child. In fact, I have plans this November to swing by the place, quote, where it happened (laughs) on our way to Disneyland. The mobile home park has since closed and the general store has gotten a huge facelift. But I know, I know what happened there. Anyway, my tidbit is, you guys may have noticed uh, Beta Alex's hair in the film look fake. Remember, there's a side plot in the movie where uh, Lance Guest's character, while he goes up into space, is replaced by a a robot that looks exactly like him named Beta, Mm -hmm. and he's there to take his place on Earth. Um, So uh, they say, Beta Alex's hair in the film looked fake. Yes, I did notice that, Brad. Uh, Brad continues, that's because it was. They originally only had a couple of beta scenes, but test audiences loved them so much they went back and filmed more weeks Mm. after Lance Guest had cut his hair uh, already, so they had to have him wear a wig. Love all your shows. Thank you for providing me with knowledge and entertainment, Brad. Ah, that's that's fascinating. Oh, and that is is something... We, we, the, the films we cover on Weird House, they, they, they cover a wide range 
Uh, so I sometimes I forget that, yeah, when we start looking at films of the caliber of The Last Starfighter, you are dealing with test audiences. You are dealing in situations where where uh, people are saying, yeah, we love beta and we want to see more of beta, and then they go back and film more scenes. You're not finding that that level of... Um, a forethought going into to, to some of the flicks that we're we're talking about. Yeah, Last Starfighter is definitely one of the bigger to dos we have covered on uh, on Weird yeah. House. Yeah, I don't think horror rises from the tomb was really benefiting from any test audiences where they're like, you know, we we wanted to see more beheadings, and they're like, well, let's shoot it again. Like, you know, many of these films is like it's kind of a miracle they they finish some of these films. <laughs> they're not going to go back and shoot more for them. What if they did test audiences for the Brain Eaters? Would they be like, I don't understand the glowing globes. What's with the globes? <laughs> Test audiences wanted to know, did Litter Nimoy get paid? <laughs> At any rate, thanks for the tidbit and best of luck on your pilgrimage to the place where it happened. All right, this next one comes to us from Dan. Subject, WHC, colon, the apple. <laughs> Dan says, hello, Robert and Joe. I recently listened to your Weird House Cinema episode on The Last Starfighter, and I have a personal story that I have to share with you regarding the Apple. Several years ago, I used to work at a movie theater in New York City that often held um, repertory series devoted to a particular director, actor, or country. One year, we had a Canon film series, and one of the movies we screened was The Apple. It was... A one-night-only showing with an introduction by Catherine Mary Stewart, Yoram Globus, and uh, Menahem Golan. Miss Stewart, as I recall, was very lovely, happy to be there, and even thanked Menahem during the introduction for giving her her start in the movie industry. The show was close to, if not sold out, and ended up being more of a success than predicted. Nearly everyone in attendance was quite young, college age, and came wearing little triangle stickers like the characters in the movie. This confused myself and many of my coworkers as we had never seen the movie and didn't know why people had triangles all over their bodies. Some of them also came under the influence of certain substances, but they were very nice and enthusiastic about watching The Apple. Since I was working, I didn't get a chance to watch the movie, but I did sneak a peek early on during one of the musical numbers with a couple of co-workers. We were left speechless, bewildered even by what little we had witnessed. As we came out of the screening room, one person I remember saying, well, their costumes are very nice. All in all, it was a very odd night and one of the more memorable experiences I had working there, probably as close as I've come to being at a midnight screening of Rocky Horror Picture Show. Also, regarding Robert Preston being in The Last Starfighter, did you know that Brian Cox played Harold Hill in a run of The Music Man? Does this add more credence to Joe's theory that anything could be made better simply by adding Brian Cox? Wow. I had no idea. Uh, Dan attaches a link to a version of You Got Trouble right here in River City, the, the song about the pool table, uh, where Brian Cox is playing Harold Hill. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. I, I notice one major difference in the way the character comes across. The version I'm familiar with is, of course, the one with Robert Preston as, as Harold Hill. And either way, this song, uh, "Trouble," You Got Trouble, you know, uh, is it has so much fast talk crammed in. And 
Preston delivers it so smoothly. The the impression he gives is that he is the slickest con man in the world, and he's done this a million times. He's five steps ahead of the locals. They're never going to figure him out. He's he's just like he he's a machine. But with Brian Cox, you actually feel how much of a mouthful all the fast talk in the song is, and you can hear him kind of scrambling to keep up with the tempo of the song, and it creates a very different impression, a really cool one too. In the Brian Cox version, there's more of a precarious feeling to the con, like Harold Hill is talking fast enough to scam the townsfolk, but instead of being five steps ahead, he's only one step ahead. He's constantly on the edge, struggling to make up everything as he goes, and it feels like any minute he might finally draw a blank, or somebody might be like, oh, hey, wait a second there. And both approaches to Harold Hill really work. It just creates a very different vibe about the story. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, yeah, there there is a lot of fast talking uh, in the Music Man. In fact, if memory serves, I think I had a, a drama teacher once who was a great drama teacher. And I think he was, but he was also trying to like connect with, with the kids. And he was like, you got your rap. Well, let me tell you about the Music Man. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I don't uh, I, I don't remember the, the the finer points of the argument, but uh, but I think it was just an excuse to show us a scene from the Music Man. Trouble with a capital T, and that rhymes with P, and that stands for pool. <laughs> All right, so Dan ends it up out here by saying, "Apologies for the lengthy email, but I just thought I would share since you've mentioned this intensely weird movie now twice, referring to the Apple, um, but it came up in our uh, let's see, last Starfighter because there was a direct." reference to it and then um Catherine mary stewart was in it yeah yeah and then we were we were talking about adam and eve pictures oh it was the uh the czech film oh yeah fruit of paradise by vera chitilova yes yes that was it yeah yeah the surreal uh, garden of eden movie yeah because uh the apple for anyone who doesn't remember is essentially an adam and eve and the devil kind of tale except lavishly told as a big new york city sort of sci-fi musical piece Anyway, Dan says, looking forward to what you have planned in October. Can we expect the return of Dr. Anton Jessup? All the best, Dan. Um, Well, first of all, no. Dr. Anton Jessup is dead. Uh, He died uh, uh, during an expedition in Antarctica. Uh, But uh, (laughs) I know, I just found out too. I'm heartbroken. But but, uh, as far as the apple goes, yeah, the apple is super weird and super fun. And I, I, I did not know it had such a following, enough to fill up a whole... Uh, theater like this uh, I'm uh, basically I don't think I'd heard of it until Riff Tracks did a, a riff of it and that's that was my introduction to the Apple mm. I still haven't seen it oh it's well it's out there it's waiting on you <laughs> next time you're in the mood for a crazy musical I don't know maybe we'll do it on the show at some point we uh, we, haven't, we haven't we haven't we haven't done a lot of musicals um, but there's always room Okay, should we call it there? We should. We should go ahead and uh, call it there. But we'll be back with more listener mail in the future. Um, When in the future? Well, Mondays. Mondays in the future. Mondays are when we do listener mail in the Stuff to Blow Your Mind podcast feed. On Tuesdays and Thursdays in the future, we do core episodes. On Wednesdays in the future, we do Artifact or Monster Fact episodes. And on Fridays in the future, well, that is when we do Weird House Cinema, our time to set aside most serious concerns and just talk about a weird film. And on Saturdays in the future, we do Vault episodes from the past. But future Vault episodes from the past will still affect you in the future. Exactly. 
Huge thanks, as always, to our excellent audio producer, Seth Nicholas Johnson. If you would like to get in touch with us with feedback on this episode or any other to suggest a topic for the future or just to say hello, you can email us at contact at stufftoblowyourmind.com. Stuff to Blow Your Mind is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts are wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Today's episode is brought to you by Visible. The future of wireless is here, and it's transparent. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Just $25 a month, every month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees, no surprises, no, really. What are you waiting for? Get with the times and switch to Visible at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Plus. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more.